1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to the program. If you just joined us, where the heck were you? Go to knssradio.com. There's a section up on the right side that says... Uh, Here, you know, I don't want to do this from memory. It could be bad. Uh, No, it's uh, actually, it's uh, on the far right side in the blue educational title bar, it says podcast. When you hover over that, guess what comes up on the right side of that next bar? The good life. You can listen live from there, or you can go to the good life, and you can go back two plus years and listen to all kinds of programming on a weekly basis. KNSSradio.com. It's uh, the place to go. Uh, On the phone with me is a a gal who is in a very important job and I'm sure Stephen Spurrier would be quite proud. Uh, Hermione Ireland is the managing director of Academy DeVin Library. It's a renowned UK uh, luxury publishing house of fine books. I read that to you. But more importantly, it's it's a place for wine history put together by a lot of folks. And uh, if, if you've been thinking about and being involved in wine for any length of time at all, you know that uh, different people have made such an impact. And I would suggest you go to academydevinlibrary.com and the first thing that comes up on the revolving front homepage is Stephen Spurrier's A Life in Wine, a book that you can get. And uh, you can learn about him. He, in my opinion, is one of the people that have has made a huge impact on the global wine market. There's others there. Oz Clark, you've heard of him, of course. Uh, and and he, he's got some, uh, some great topics to look at. It, but it just, you got to get Stephen Spurrier's book. My guest is nice enough to stay with us throughout the program here, and Hermione, I want to, first off, as we mentioned, Stephen left us this year. The book came out in October to celebrate his birthday. Can you imagine the party that would have happened?
2: Oh, he, it would have been so great. I mean, he was, um, but you know, he obviously he 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 passed after COVID had started too. So he was supposed to be in California in autumn, the autumn of twenty. 20- Twenty for the judgment of Napa, yeah. which got, kept being pushed back. But we would have, uh, you know, if COVID hadn't happened and if Stephen had still been with us, we would all have been there and we would have been having a wonderful party. Um, Warren Winiarski of Stags Leap um, uh, sponsored the book. He he was he's been hugely generous. He was a very dear friend. Um, and longtime collaborator of Stevens um, and we would have we would be there having a party with him it would would have been really great um I mean we're still hoping obviously to come out at some point before too long but yeah.
0: um,
2: we've done everything remotely up until now
0: yeah ah, what a shame but yeah I just I can't imagine the uh, the quantity of high quality wines flowing and 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 to see the look on his face he seemed like such a a pleasant happy uh, is it would it be inappropriate to call him bon vivant?
2: I I think he would have, I think he didn't mind being called that at all. He was a an elegant man. He was a, a man um he was a wonderfully friendly and generous man. He was very positive. He saw the the opportunities in, in wherever he went. Um you know and as you say he 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 made such a difference with the judgment of paris he wasn't necessarily intending for it to be quite the the sort of the ground shaking moment that it was but but having done it in france and with the californians he went on and carried on doing this for other parts of the world um, that weren't being looked at seriously. You know, he did it um, for the judgment of Berlin and he was, he was interested in wines from India, wines from, you know, from many regions that many people perhaps don't take seriously or, or don't know enough about. Um, he was always looking for the next new thing and, and where he could help by using his um, stature basically to, to tell people um, about more winemakers. Um, you know, even in France, he was doing it. Even before he set up the judgment in Paris, he was um, traveling around France all the time in the early, early and mid seventies, finding wines um, and bringing them back to the shop in in Paris, um, so that people could discover new producers. Um, it was it was very close to his heart, and I, I think he he was the same about wine students and you know helping new writers get um, get started. It was always a, a paying it forward and a helping people, you know, making making opportunities for other people.
0: Yeah. And it was so fun talking to him and 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 then george tabor and his little part you know he was the one that yes. that turned mm-hmm. the light on the only guy oh, who really? who accepted yeah. that who accepted the yeah. invitation after reluctant reluctantly accepted, accepted it after declining the first time and fortunately steve or i, I guess what his wife's name was bella wasn't it bella yes yeah. and i'm sure she was involved in coercing and uh, she was the only one that took pictures, uh, if I remember yeah. right. Yeah. But George Tabor's four little paragraphs. And and, and folks, d- just do yourself a favor. Go to Google, type in Time Article Judgment of Paris, and, and read that if you've never read it. It's four pretty good-sized paragraphs. And what it really did, and this is what I think uh, just changed the way the wine world looks at itself. Yeah. It kind of made it such that people making wine all over the world could go, those Americans, you know, bested the French at their business at the making wine. We, we make great wine, Chile and, and South Africa and New Zealand. And, you know, all of them came into being, not came into being as wine producers, they were that already, but came into being as wine exporters and joined the global wine market. And I think... Stephen, and and to a degree, and you continue that with the Academy DeVin Library, sharing the great words of some of these authors. And, uh, you know, I was just browsing down here, the latest books, and and if you don't mind me promoting some of these, I mentioned the Sherry book. Very kind of you. (laughs) The Sherry book, and I I don't have that, but as a lover of Sherry, I will order one. Uh, Oh,
2: that would be wonderful.
0: Stay me with flagons, and people go, what? A book about wine and other things, and it's by Fiona Morrison, A Master of Wine. Uh, Contemplation of Wine by uh, H. Warner Allen. Uh, classic editions of, of wine writing, and there, you, right below that is Explore the Bookstore, and that's where you want to go. There's just all kinds of great stuff. You can see it all at academydevinlibrary.com. Now, see, look, we're, we're 35, 36 minutes into this. And we have yet to really talk about the book. But I think uh, I I, I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall when your boss, the editorial director, is thinking, let's see, how we're going to get this done. Who's going to write? And that must have been a real uh, challenge on one hand and a treat on the other to decide who's going to be included in the book. Do you have any insight Mm. into how folks submitted things or how they were chosen?
2: Yes. I mean, Susan's very well connected. She reads a lot. So, and she, you know, she has people like Hugh Johnson. Hugh is, is sort of a, um, what's the word? Uh, he, he's very much in the sidelines, um, you know, telling us about things as well. So she, she has been reading a lot of the American writers, particularly a lot of the California based wine writers, um, elaine chuck and brown we've been watching for a couple of years you know she was um... she was she's been awarded a number of um, you know significant awards in the last couple of years uh... she's just been made the u.s editor for JancisRobinson.com. robinson oh, wow. dot com um, elaine mccoy has been writing for us for a while she i think she's got a um, an essay in in Vino veritas and definitely at least one if not two in on Bordeaux. Um, she obviously she writes for bloomberg but also for decanter Um, And then with some new people, so Claire Tooley, who's a very new M.W., who's a Brit but now living in California, she's written some beautiful pieces, very poetic, gorgeous writing. Um, uh, Kelly White, we were very, very pleased that we could get a piece in from her. You know, some of these bright women, particularly, who are just writing so beautifully. But then there's some of the sort of the greats. So we've got Gerald Asher, who I think is actually a Brit originally, but he's been in California forever. Yeah, um, and then some of the winemakers themselves. You know, we've got, I mean, Randall Graham's in there. Um, Paul Draper is, has both contributed an essay and Fiona Morrison interviewed, wrote about him and his, the importance of his winemaking to the Californian story. So I think, we, you know, because Stephen founded us and, and Hugh is sort of our godfather, I would say, um, we've, we, we have access to some of these greats of wine writing who are all very happy to contribute. They, they will believe in basically in Stephen's vision and want to be part of it. And then because we have these heavyweights and these, you know, these great people, um, the younger people seem to be really happy to come and write for us as well. So, um, you know, Susan sort of comes up with the concept for the book and she's, she's just working through this on champagne at the moment. She wants, she has an idea of the arc of the story for, you know, for California and for champagne, how are we going to tell it? Um, and then she looks for the best people to write the articles and in some cases she asks them to suggest what they would like to write about in other cases, she asks them if they will write want if they will write about a specific topic um and some of the articles have appeared in print before, so she will also have been, as she's reading through particularly magazines, um, you know, One Spectator and Decanter and, and magazines like that, Club Onologique, for instance, um, She will, if she finds an article there, I think um, Adam Lechmere's piece on Screaming Eagle, I think it appeared in um, Club Club Onologique, so... Um, you know that was a, an essay that was just a brilliant example of you know one of the new um super um expensive and and amazing um winemakers um so it's it sort of it's it's a bit of a patchwork piece because you have to pull things together and then move them around and see how the pattern looks um and she's if she's very good at it
0: well i I can't wait to speak to her maybe someday cross paths you you mentioned. The article about Screaming Eagle, and you said it's a patchwork. It is, but the best part about it is you can go to any article in any section and have great enjoyment and learn a lot. And you can bounce around. You know, it's not a book you need to start in the beginning and yeah. go to the end. And uh, yeah. that was one of the first articles I read because I am, I love great wines. I don't mind spending money on great wines. Uh I'm not in the league of buying Screaming Eagle. Um Yeah. Me you know, neither, I'm afraid. <laughs> you know, I, there's not many really, and the ones no. that buy it are the ones that keep the price high so they can have access, just sure. my opinion, but uh, you know, I I'm more of a I want to find a wine that will tickle my fancy as closely to Screaming Eagle as I can get at pennies on the dollar, you know, it's a Yes. I'm, uh, I'm so jealous
2: do. about because it's much harder for us in the U.K. to get really good California wines at a good price. I think, um, you know, I, I mean, I'd love to drink. Like, I could afford to buy some Ridge wines, not all of them. But I think they're a much more, they are much more affordable in the U.S. than they are over here. So I need to come over as soon as I possibly can to have a really good wine holiday, I oh think, yeah. in California.
0: Well, when you get ready to do that, uh, let me know. I'll meet you out in California, and I'll be your personal tour guide.
2: That sounds fantastic. I'll definitely
0: take you up on that. You know, it's just—it's again—it's—it's—it's it's, it's what has happened in the wine. I mean, let's think about this. In 1976, now I'm going to pull some numbers out of thin air here, but there was somewhere in the neighborhood of 260, 290 bonded wineries, of which only maybe 60 percent were actually producing wine at the time
2: mm.
0: when 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 the article came out. Yeah, It was the infancy in 76. Yeah. You know, I yeah. don't know how old you are, but, you know, I'm uh, getting dangerously close to 70. And I'm thinking, in my lifetime, we have gone from that to now there's well over 3,000 wineries in California alone. Yes,
2: the growth is extraordinary. I'm the same age as Stephen's son, Christian, more uh, or less, I think. 1970 is my birth date. Yeah.
0: Well, it just, it it, it that, that to me is such a, an amazing thing, and I, I truly believe, as if you, if Warren marnowski were here in this room with me right now, I think he'd be the first one to agree. What happened in Paris and what Stephen Spurrier did led to all that, and it actually led to this book on California.
2: Yeah, you yeah. know,
0: uh, I just think it's so great and.
2: We we dedicated the book to him and we yeah we really wish he had been here to see it because yeah. I think he would have just been so proud. Um, yeah. And, you know, and as you say, I mean, in the U.K., Hugh Johnson is better known than Stephen. But in the U.S., I think it's arguably the other way around. Um, you know, and, and I mean, we we had when he died, there were obituaries all over Europe. I mean, you know, Germany, Italy, even France, even France, they did an obituary um, and quite and a lot in the U.S. So yeah. um, which is very humbling. You know, he, he did
0: he made a big difference yeah um, yeah I know if he had this book in his hands right now and we're, we're reading some of the comments that have already happened uh about the book and how it's been recognized as as a great resource he, he would be uh, I'm sure he'd be thrilled what a, what a yeah. cool, cool book and folks I, I, I just can't emphasize enough Academy Duvin Wine Library there's links at goodlifeguy.com if you go and just spend a little bit of time Looking around, it's it's just incredible—the uh, the amount of news and resource, and then more importantly, the bookstore. There's a trade partners section uh, that's loaded with great information, and ah, just well, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being on the show today. But I don't want to let you go yet. I want to ask you one more thing. <laughs> you talked about some some of these books that that are in the works, uh, and, and that's good. I'm intrigued with and I have to go back to one of the books that was one of the first books I read cover to cover more than once about wine and it was about the former monk at Christian Brothers who founded one of my favorite wineries in Napa uh and and he wrote a book that with hand drawn hand drawn you know pictures and diagrams and and the idea that you guys go back and find some of these books and, and and put them in reprint to me is 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 brilliant it it's almost like that could be a whole separate business the reprinting yeah. of some of these books yeah. that that meant so much um, uh,
2: The the Washington Post chose In the Vine Country, which is in the classic series that you mentioned, um, as his favorite. I mean, he had On California and Oz Clark's book in the list, but In the Vine Country was his absolute favorite. And it's a really funny read. I would really, really recommend it. It's these two crazy Irish Edwardian ladies who went to Bordeaux for a month with a a Kodak brownie in, I think, (laughs) uh, 1895, something like that, um, to spend the harvest. And it's just very
0: funny. Oh, my goodness. That's so cool. Well, nifty. I'm I'm so glad I got a copy of the book. It made me want to dig out my copy of on Bordeaux and read that again. I'm not a big fan of rereading books, but like I said there's been a there's been a couple and I I think this will be another of those to be to go through and just pick articles out and and refresh your memory and this one's so up to date and has every f- aspect of California wine country and producers and and things that deserve recognition, are in on California. From Napa to Nebbiolo, wine tales from the Golden State. Karen McNeil wrote a, a forward. Warren Winorowski did the, the, the introduction. If you just read those two things, you would get in some insight into California winemaking. Well, Hermione, I guess I will let you go have dinner, if it's not too late in the UK. Thank you. Um, thanks again for spending so much time with us, and uh, I guess through the PR company here, you're going to let me give away a copy of the book?
2: I certainly will do. We'd be very happy to do that.
0: Oh, that's so cool. I really appreciate it. And folks, you need to do it. you got to call in. You know the drill. 316-869-1330. Call now. Max will take down your information, and we'll get you a copy of On California from the Academy of the Library. Hermione, Ireland, have a great weekend. What's left of it? Thanks so much again for being part of the good life.
2: Thanks, guys. you to be here. Cheers. Have a good weekend.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. We'll be right back after this break. If you go away, I will come find you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.